What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Core 4 Podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, Nick Rosado. Uh, you can find me on my two Twitter accounts, at RespectAllRise, so that's the S and Respect is a 2, and at Rosado underscore Nick. All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Manny. You can find me on Twitter at NYYStan. You can find me on Instagram at Manny.RM, and you can check out my website, RiverAvenueReport.com. The avenue is just an A-D. Hey, my name is Michael. You can find me on Twitter at Yankee Rant 28. I complain about the Yankees a lot. All right, guys. So before we begin this week's episode, the crew has a little bit of a disclaimer for you guys. We haven't had an episode in about a little bit over a month. Um, that's because on the crew, some of us have had to take personal time away. We've also had a couple episodes that we recorded that didn't make it out to the public because of um, technical issues with our recorders. But we've got that worked out now, and we're going to go back to our weekly, uh, semi-weekly upload schedule. And um, we hope you guys are going to join us on during the week to talk some Yanks. Senior year's over, man. All I got is work, and then I'm just nothing but free time. Yeah. Um, we're all coming up on summer as well, and uh, it's a great time to watch baseball. I know, right, let's in get, college. Yeah. What, what grade are you in, Manny? I'm a junior in high school. Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah, I finished, um, so I just I'm, finished I'm almost on my way there. I just finished my first year of college, so I will be a college sophomore in the fall. Very exciting things. Going on on the yeah. what, 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 is it as shitty as everyone says it is, or nah? I got well, I got my first semester in August. It's you'll be fine. It's it won't be as COVIDy as it is now, so I think it'll be better than you would expect. Yeah, I mean, like Nick Nick has the advantage of like going to school in New York as well. Like maybe not in the city, but in the state. So you know, you're closer to home. And closer to the Yanks. Yes, sir. Take our money. We might talk Yanks. Wink, wink. Of course. Okay. So now that we're through that, let's get down to our agenda for today's podcast. And uh, like we said, we missed a couple of episodes, but um, we're going to be more consistent now. And we're going to go over uh, each of the series that we have in um, the weeks. But since, you know, we, we've had about eight to nine series so far already, we can't cover all of them. We're going to go over a more general aspect of the team for today. We're going to start with, uh, we're going to go over one series and one series alone. And that is going to be our series versus the Houston Astros. We took two out of three from them. Um, you know, uh, we are about one game i think over them right now if anyone is keeping track of that or uh one game to between tied between one game and tied and uh that's just really important for us in terms of you know not only bragging rights but also uh for the players to make sure that the astros knew that you know they have forgotten about it what you guys think oh uh, yeah um this was uh I don't want to say big. I'm just going to say big. I mean big in terms uh, big series in terms of, like, you know, just the hype around it. You know, Yankees-Astros in 2015, we lost in the wildcard game. If, as if you needed any reminder, 2017, lost them in the ALCS. 2019, lost them in the ALCS. Cheating. 
Uh, Cheating or not, in 2019, left a bad taste in our mouth, and we all expected to get back at them in 2020. Fortunately, COVID happened. We didn't get to play them. We didn't do uh, hold up our end of the bargain. We lost in the ALBS last year, so we didn't get to play them in the ALCS again. But um, so this was the first time we were playing them since 2019, since we lost to them on that Altuve bomb. Uh, screw you, Altuve. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's excited for this series. We've been waiting for so long, and you know, obviously by the reaction of the fans in the stadium, it was it was live out there. Like, let's be honest here. Oh, uh, the chants were wild, dude. Everyone the, was they, excited. It sounded like it, it sounded like the 2019 playoffs in there. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, I, I literally. I, I literally went to the game the day, uh, the day after the last game. I went to the Nationals, the first game of the National Series, which was the series after the Astros. So it was literally the day after game three versus Astros. And there were still people uh, screaming F. Altuve. Like, and we weren't even playing the Astros anymore. We were playing the Nationals. Like, that's how much the series meant to us. Um, listen, I don't want to hype it up. It's a regular season series, but we did take two out of three. I'm very happy with that. We could have won the third game, but – um. You know, that little, that little bomb had to hit a homer in the late inning. So, I mean, it's whatever. I got the series in, which is everything you hope for. And those two wins we had were very exciting. And we'll play them again, I think, in July in Houston. And hopefully we crush them again. And, you know, through the Astros. I think this is absolutely a big series for the Yankees. They, um, they started turning around against they – tur- they were starting to turn the season around in terms of, like, they were winning series and games. They had just put the Tigers, and yeah, you could say what you want about the Tigers. They're a bad team, and of course the Yankees should have beat them. So I think the, I think the test came with Houston, who is – they're not great, but I think they are a solid team this year. I think it's absolutely huge for the Yankees to come in there and win that series. Pitch like they did, hit like they did. I mean, it seemed like the Yankees' problems for that whole – the whole season up to then – went away for those first two games to beat up on the team that, you know, kind of fucked you over. And then yeah, was I, awesome. I think – It was awesome hearing the fans be excited about – like I said, like the 10K sounded like 50K in that stadium. Yeah, that was like a common analogy that like uh, both the team, media, and the fans that were in, um, in attendance, like that was an analogy that a lot of them were giving. And it makes sense because, like, you know, uh, like Mike said, those uh, first two games, at least of that series, and even the third game, which, you know, was we were on the verge of winning until the bullpen had, you know, their monthly implosion uh, trademark. You know, those two games and, you know, even the third one, that was some of the best baseball the Yankees have played up to that point. Uh, this was when, you know, we hadn't we the only good teams that you could make an argument for being competitive at if not that time itself at some point down the line we're gonna be uh the rays and the blue jays besides them we'd really only face the orioles so getting um in there against another good team after struggling previously against uh good teams and you know just completely dismantling them the way the yankees did that was a huge um that had to be a huge content booster. Obviously, we're not the players themselves. We can't speak for them, nor are we the media, and we can't ask them this question either. But, you know, from a fan's perspective, it, it looks like, all right. For fans. Yeah, because you, cause you watch them, and, you, you know, you're struggling to – you're barely eking out wins against, like, you know, in Baltimore. 
And now you go in there and you have, what was it, like a nine to something victory? Um, nine to four, nine to three over the Astros. That That's something where you're beginning to realize, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're getting good to go. How about those F. Altuve chants? That was fucking loud. And of course he has the home run on his birthday because why would that not happen? I mean, yeah, like, I, I think it's, it's, it's not incorrect to say that Altuve is currently the most, um, you know, the most hated player on the Astros by the Yankees. I personally think it should be Correa. I think that guy is way more of a dick than Altuve is. I literally cannot stand him. But, you know, Altuve is a little bit of an, an – he's an asshole in his own right. So My, my thing – Here's my thing with that. Like, okay, people might not know this. I'm Puerto Rican. Um, but if you listen to this podcast and our former podcast, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that hundreds of times, so you might know that already. But just for those of you who don't know, I'm Puerto Rican. So I can't fully hate Carlos Correa because, you know, I just can't hate on, on another guy from Puerto Rico. Like, I, I just can't. And when it comes to the World Baseball Classic, which will eventually happen again, like, I'm going to have to root for him. Like, as much as it sucks, he cheated us out, um, you know, I, I want to win the World Base Classic, so I'm going to have to root for him. But in terms of, like, when he's wearing that Astros um, orange, I hate him. The guy, no, I need you to, like, literally go over every every single time we play you. And, you know, the reason for that, that being said, I, the me not being able to hate him fully is why my full, you know, hatred for the Astros, if I had to pick one player, is Altuve. Because it's not even just that they cheated, but even before they cheated, he sold it. Our thing with Altuve before he before the cheating scandal came out was it was always him versus Judge, and he still got key from Judge in 2017 before even we all knew that before the cheating even happened. So, and Judge like it hurt like Judge was the guy. He's the guy who led us to the playoffs that year. He's him and you know I would say Gary was the guy who probably gave us the most hope like starting because of he was the first one pretty much in 2016 him and Sevy but like and Judge and Austin came up at the end of 2016 but like in 2017 was really like the time when I was like all right this future is going to be like extremely extremely bright because of his 52 homer season his AL rookie you know AL rookie of the year and we thought also he deserved MVP because he took us on this magical run and then this guy Altuve just because of people hate the Yankees they I'm assuming he gets MVP, and he didn't have better stats than Judge. He he beat him out in only, like, what, two categories? Every other category, Judge was better. I just – that's the reason I dislike him a lot more. I mean, he's taking way more from us. He hit the homer against us to send us, to eliminate us. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, But, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, I mean, like, at those things that you mentioned, obviously, like, they're a big part of it. Uh, The MVP, of course, and the home run. I feel like for me, I, I place, uh, when I say I, I dislike Correa more than I do Altuve, it's for me, it's a lot more about like the personality. Because Altuve, I think, like, he, he was, uh, as far as I remember in 2020, he just sort of like stayed quiet on it. Carlos Correa, on the other hand, he was actively defending everything he said, uh, everything they did. You know, he got into the alter- altercation, uh, my bad, with Cody Bellinger about, um, you know, quote unquote, that, you know, if you don't know the facts, you should shut the fuck up or something like that. And that is that sort of um, unwillingness to actually 
admit that you did something wrong between himself and, you know, to that degree, Bregman as well. That is what was really like the last straw. Although as a player, I think I get your perspective on like why um, Altuve is, you know, more hated. But um, regardless, before we stop, before we go on a tangent here, um, there was some really great pitching by uh, Garrett Cole. wasn't his best. We got great outings out of Montgomery and Herman as well. Although it didn't look like for a minute that we might, it looked like for a little while during those games that we might blow them. But we didn't. Offense showed up in spades. And that is, you know, in a vacuum, not only was it good because we beat the Astros. And, you know, whenever you, as a Yankee fan, you beat the Astros, um, the, it's just like the payoff is a lot greater than it might have been otherwise. And now uh, that's, that just shows that, you know, we're capable of playing that kind of good baseball that we need to play. And that has led us to uh, right now where we have a 22 and 17 record, I think. We are five games, four games above, um, no, seventh. Yes, five games above 500. We're currently 22 and 17. We're 17 and 7 since we started off 5 and 10. And a lot of those teams that we face during this good stretch are not, you know, to put it kindly, they're not playing a World Series in Detroit this year. A lot of the teams we faced um, haven't been the best, but that Astro Series uh, was really good. We turned up against them. We just took two out of three from the Rays as well. That's obviously very important, maybe even more so than the Astros series in terms of just baseball, considering that that place is our crib tonight. And, you know, we're looking good. This is the kind of Yankees baseball we can see. Manny, I know you're not mentioning the Yankees' recent record without bringing up your golden tweet that went viral. Oh, man, that was that was crazy, man. So, uh, for those of all... Dude, all of Yankee Twitter saw it. Jay Bruce Lee. Yeah, man. I, I, at this point, I would be surprised if Jay Bruce himself saw it and he's like, damn, this kid, this kid's a dick. So, I don't know. But, sorry, you know, for those of y'all. Apologies to Jay Bruce. Yes, no, Jay Bruce, you're a hero, man. Like, you're, you're, since you're retired, <laughs> we have the best record in Major League Baseball. That's basically what my tweet said. And it's currently sitting at, I think, like 4.5K likes. I don't know how it blew up, but I'm not complaining. And I mean, you got the um, short porch talking Yanks to get pick it up, man. Yeah, that was that well, talking was nuts. Yanks, talking Yanks said the same thing. Like they they didn't screenshot his tweet or retweet it. They just tweeted the same thing as their own tweet and didn't give him credit. That that, that was a little annoying. But other than that, like they you guys still rule talking Yanks. But short porch screenshot like Hub screenshotted it. He retweeted it. He did everything possible. Like it, this tweet, Manny was genius genius tweet we all need a banger like manny's one day let's be honest here yeah um i'm still a little bit in shock over it because like i i think more than anything this just shows that there has not been one more universally disliked player in yankees fandom in recent history than jay bruce right and 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 subsequently as soon as as soon as he retires everybody loves him like that that's that's crazy to me, man. If the Yankee if the Yankee somehow won a World Series, he's gotta get a ring for his service. Honestly, Facts. by leaving Honestly, I'm down. By leaving. I'm down. I, I wonder I'm if that down. still stands. I wonder if that no, still stands. No, bro, like, everybody everybody gets a, every, everybody that works for the Yankees gets a fucking ring. 
Yeah, no, like, I wonder if we still have the best record since that day. Like, um, I think he he retired. We haven't haven't gone on a losing streak, so. Well, yeah, but do we still have the best record in the majors? Like, imagine if we, like, keep it up for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but. He's, oh no, we'll see. It, I just like it's ridiculous. I feel like we had to bring up that tweet. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was that was a good moment for the for Manny and for the podcast. Um, yeah, facts because we we got a little bit of core for. Yeah, we got a little bit of core for advertising out of it. Once again, this was during the time when um, we were on our little bit of a hiatus. But yeah, if you if you if you saw that tweet, busy, uh, you know what if the you know one of the co-hosts at the core four podcast. So uh, we hope to see you out here. Soon enough. For sure. All right. So next up on our agenda, we are going over some of the players with the hottest streaks. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, we are starting with the consensus second best pitcher in baseball, moving up to that number one slot in a lot of people's minds. Garrett (laughs) Cole. Garrett Cole. Garrett fucking Cole. We're paying this guy $324 million and somehow he's still underpaid. That's Manny, how good Manny, this guy is. Let me rant on this one real quick. Because, bro, I cannot explain to you guys how astonished I am that we have this baseball player on our roster, man. Listen, we have been waiting for an ace like this for so long, ever since CC was, like, not in his prime anymore. He reminds me, he's better than, than CC was. Like, I'm sorry, I love CC, but he's probably better than CC was when CC first came to the Yankees. Like, this is honestly ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I want you guys to realize something for, real quick. Corey Kluber won two Cy Youngs um, before, like, all those years with the Indians, right? Garrett Cole was an average to a little bit above average pitcher with the Pirates, went to the Astros, became, turned into God, literally, and then now he's with us. Garrett Cole got to one hit his 1,500th career strikeout. And the next start, Corey Kluber hit his. After all that, Cole came first and Kluber came second in, in that, um, in terms of reaching that plateau. Now, I'm not sure how long they both in the league. For all I know, they could have entered the league at the same time, but that's just astonishing to me. Garrett Cole is on another level right now. He could challenge. Listen, I know people are like, no, he's way up and above the best pitcher in baseball about Jacob DeGrom. Yes, okay, whatever. But listen, call me biased. I think Garrett Cole can get to his level. They're in a tier together, but I think Cole could eventually take over that. I know he needs to Cy Young. He should have one already from 2019, but his scrum teammate Verlander took it. Um, get better, though, Verlander. Uh, uh, yeah, Garrett Cole's one badass motherfucker, man. He that's really scary. is. Like, I just want to. That's I want, you know, Okay, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I want to say. That's there. Listen, there are two stairs I love. The Rose Chapman stair, Chapman stair, and the Garrett Cole stair. And let me tell you something about the Garrett Cole stair. When he was, I hate to say this, but when he was with the Astros, this is the one moment. These are the one of the like only moments that like I will admit to liking, like an Astro doing like Garrett Cole, Game Five of the 2019 World Series. He was pitching. I think the score was four to one at this point. And he was facing, uh, he had a runner on or two runners on. He was facing Victor Robles. Umpire called a strike, a ball, to make the count three and two. Subsequent pitch, Garrett Cole throws probably a ball, but the umpire makeup call calls it a strike. Bro, the Nationals dugout was screaming at the umpire. And, but the, after the strike, 
was called after the pitch was called a strike. The stare down Cole gave the Nationals dugout before walking back to his own dugout was was it it was it was wild. It was something that I was like, when he's on our team, I want to see that. And I finally got to see it. Listen, he probably had given stares over the last couple starts and into all of 2020. He probably had at some point, but I didn't really notice it. Like to be honest with you, but this was the what this was the one that I envisioned. This that stare. I retweeted. It's so good. I don't. We don't really retweet stuff from the podcast account, but I had to retweet it because that stare was the end of his night, and he stared down Brett Phillips and those fraudulent Tampa Bay Rays to to, to make yeah. to make sure they remember who he is. You know, and that that's I think such a big um, motivator for Garrett Cole. You know, he signs this three hundred twenty four million dollar contract. All right. Actually, you know what? Let's let's go a little bit further back. Let's go a little bit further back. In 2019, in the World Series, you know, obviously we're Yankee fans. We don't want to say anything good about the Astros if we don't have to. But let's make one thing clear. If A.J. Hinch puts Garrett Cole in in Game 7 instead of, uh, what's his face, Will Harris? Was it Will Harris that gave up the two-run homer to Howie Kendrick? It was Will Harris. Will Harris. Will Harris, yeah. So let's get one thing clear. If Garrett Cole comes in at Game 7 on that spot, the Astros have two rings. All right? Garrett Cole has one ring. Um, that's the first thing. Like now, Garrett Cole's already pissed about that. You know, I think it was clear as day in his post game. You know, as soon as the World Series ended, he wasn't he even wearing. Yeah, he wasn't wearing an Astros hat at his literally at his not even a press conference at his post game interview in the clubhouse. He wasn't wearing an Astros hat. He was wearing a Boris Corporation hat. So, you know, Hughes already denied. Like, this is one opportunity already that's been taken away. Second opportunity. He signs his $324 million contract with the New York Yankees. I think, you know, everyone knew that for Cole, it was either the Yankees or the Angels. Yankees being his childhood favorite team. The Angels, of course, being his hometown team um, growing up. And he picked the Yankees. We're so glad that he did. I would literally not know where this team would be right now without him. So, I don't want to think about it. 2020, yeah, yeah, 2020, just before that, he signs that big $324 million contract, and he gets half the season taken away from him. He gets, you know, to be fair, that was, you know, all players in Major League Baseball, but he, you know, he doesn't even finish top three in side voting, if I'm not wrong. I think he finished fourth in the side voting. It was, it was Ryu, it was Ryu, Bieber, and um, Maeda. Maeda, wow, okay, yeah, I didn't remember. Was it, well, he, was, he, was really, he was really good. It wasn't in that, was in that order. It wasn't in that order, but those were the three who were in the top three. Gotcha. So, you know, you, have, you saying, have this now. Dude. Yeah, no, so, okay, so, so, right so now you have, exactly, he's, he's on another level, right? And that's, that's what, like, I was talking about, uh, the motivator said he has. He signs his $324 million contract, and Garrett Cole is a pitcher that is an endurance um, sort of guy. You know, that, that's what I've read, that the reason why he's so good uh, is that while a lot of people, he, he may not have zero run outings every single time he goes out. Um, I think as Yankee fans, we know that like one of the f- very, very few Garrett Cole flaws is that he is prone to, you know, to uh, let's say one solo homer per game or some shit, right? So regardless, he, he has his flaws. But the thing is, they even out, like, over the course of a season way better than, um, let's say, a Shane Bieber or uh, 
uh, you know, Hyunjin Ryu. He's just fresh in my head because we just talked about it right now. Uh, that's why he was so successful in 2019 with the Astros because, like, once he got to May, he had this, like, insane streak of, like, 19... I think it was in the 20s, actually. 20 straight games that he started the Astros won or some shit. Because that, was that, this guy's a... Yeah, this guy's can a consistency I, I pitcher. Let me ask yeah, you sure, that, go man. on. That, that point you just made, that streak didn't just continue with the Astros. He continued that streak onto next season with us, like, for a while. And then he lost. Like, he had a three-game losing streak at, some, at one point in 2020, and that's when he lost. But, like, he, that's how good he is. He, he, he continued on to his second year. And to another point you made, Manny, about, like... It gets spread out like his homers get like homers he gives them get spread over the course of the season, uh, as opposed to someone like Shane Bieber. There's a clear example of that. Cole, okay, yeah, his homers are spread out in 2020. Bieber didn't really get hit. He won the Cy Young. He won the Triple Crown for pitching in 2020. But you you know where his homers the homers he gave up did get hit against us in the 2020 American League Wild Card game series. Yeah. It literally happened all in one time. And I'm pretty sure he would rather have had it happen over the course of a season spread out rather than him getting literally jumped by us and it all happening at once and, you know, being the losing pitcher in a 12-3 final and then being giving his team only little room to, to you know, mis- to make a mistake in which they did make a mistake and let us eliminate them. So, I mean, that, to, to that point, yeah, Cole is good at that, you know, spreading out. If he's going to get hit, he'll spread it out. Not exactly. Like guys who it'll happen like when you don't all at once, right? Kind of screws you over. Yeah, yeah. So and and Shane Bieber, like let's let's go over that point. Shane Bieber had like it was a sixty game season, of course, uh, as everyone knows. And if two thousand twenty is a regular year, you're gonna look back and say, okay, you know what? Shane Bieber had the best sixty game stretch of any pitcher since X Y Z. All right. And you saw, like, you know, once he goes out of that division, once he faces the Yankees offense, you know, maybe maybe Shane Bieber didn't have it that night. You know, it's probably just, you could say it's just a bad day for him. You might be right, or you it might just be the Yankees offense having a particularly good night, right? But the thing with Garrett Cole is that over, like, the course of extended periods of time, he will have way better results than anyone else does, right? Because, like, right now, we're, I think we can say we're a third of the way through the season, maybe a little less. Probably around a third in, of the way into the season. No, it's a quarter, so, man. What are you talking about? A quarter, yeah, okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, we're, I got we're, the math we're, we're like at 30, we're like at, we're at 40 games, almost at 40. Yeah, okay, so, so yeah, that's that's about a quarter. Now, what that, what that means there is that, you know, Garrett Cole right now, he might not have the lowest ERA in the league, but that's because it's going to settle down over a longer period of time, whereas he, he doesn't burn out uh, by the time you reach, let's say, the 110, 120, 130 game mark. He is not the type of pitcher to teeper out like other pitchers might. And that's something that we need because we saw this with Seve in 2018. Luis Severino had the best first half out of any pitcher that I'd seen in a while. He had a 1.88 ERA, 2.83 SIERA, Sierra, and um, I'm not sure what his other expected stats were, but they were all pretty low, right? He had an insane first half. Uh, he was an all-star. He pitched the second inning of the all-star game. He was literally the second best pitcher in the American League behind Chris Sale up to that point. And his second half shows up. And he's just lost, you know, he's, he's run out of gas. 
Garrett Cole does not run out of gas, and that's something that is so amazing about him that we need. For real. Rance, your thoughts on Garrett Cole? I mean, <laughs> I mean, y'all pretty much have said it all. He, he's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, just pretty, just pretty good. Just pretty I good. mean, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> Thank no, he, the Lord for, uh, for this guy. Yeah, Is that a point? He's so good where I get pissed off every time he gives up hits, man. I really want to see him throw no hitter. So bad for real. I mean, yeah, at, at this, if he's going to throw okay, okay, a no okay, hitter, yeah. this is the season. I got this is the season. Bro. Would you rather see a Garrett Cole no hitter or a John Carl Stanton four, run, four home run game? Oh, no. 100% a Garrett Cole no hitter. Easily a no hitter, yeah. Yeah, easily. No yeah, because. Yeah, because you know, no no hitters are enshrined like they go in a memory, they go like into the record books and shit. Yeah, like, but when's, there's when's, no when's official last, achievement. Four home run game, man. Yeah, when's no, I mean, forever. I get that. Like they're they're equally, I guess, uh, important in terms of like pulling them off. But you know, there there's no spot in the record books that it's like there's no achievement given to four hitters, four home runs in a game. Right, there is an achievement, however, given given to people who give up no hits in a game. So you know, I, I think it just that record distinction for me. Although, if you look at just in a vacuum of like how impressive those feats are, I think in this season a Giancarlo Stan four home run game would be more impressive because the ball is definitely like dead end right now. Yeah, and then yeah, then that kind of takes like the. Uh... The juice out of a Jarrett Cole no hitter because of the unjuiced baseballs, maybe. There's been a lot of no hitters. Yeah, like I mean, we've already had five this season. I think we had um, Radone, we had Joe Musgrove, um, we had John Miley. Means, uh, Wade Miley. That's four, and Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner asterisk. Was uh, the fifth? Am I missing one? Or are we missing one? Nah, that's that's all of them. Cole's Cole's currently ha- currently has a one point three seven ERA. That's good for second. I don't know who's the first. I think it's Means maybe. Uh, yeah, I think this guy's taking the the Cy Young, bro. This and then guy, like, I, yeah, I mean, our three Cole Cole's our runaway favorite right now. Like, I don't think anyone comes close. He's like you know, I it's 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 universally accepted like throughout baseball fandom that as far as starting pitchers go, there's a tier one. There's Jacob Degrom and Garrett Cole in that list. You can argue about which one of the two is better between the two of them. I really hope we see a Garrett Cole versus Jacob Degrom matchup this year. Um, maybe we go to that game. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know, we, we, we could catch it as well. So that's that's something that I really hope happens. And um, but but yeah, I think it's 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 universally accepted at this point that Garrett Cole and Jacob Degrom are the two best pitchers in baseball. Far and away, no one else comes close. And regardless of which one's better, I think it's just like it's a blessing that we have one of them on our team. It's fucking awesome. It's also really great that our top three players, Cole, Stanton, Judge, are all having great seasons so far. Yeah, which which brings us to the next um, part of our hots, uh, our players. They're on hot streaks. We're going to go over, you know, the Bash brothers of our 2021 New York Yankees and, you know, that we've had this pair. We've been waiting for them to really play full seasons and pop off together since 2018. 
They've never really got the opportunity to do so. 2018 Judge, um, you know, he had he didn't have a bad start to 2018, but it wasn't Aaron Judge caliber. Um, and he was he hurt the a, second half. An amazing once. year. Yeah, he had an amazing year, but like that that just shows like the expectations from Aaron Judge. Like the, the the season he had in 2018, it could have been way better. And that's like that's insane. So um 2018, we didn't get it. 2019, both of them were hurt for the majority of the season. Not Judge. Stan was definitely hurt for the majority of the season. And Judge was, um, that was that was when Judge really had it down here. That was the um, oblique. Yeah, that was the oblique. He had, that, I think that was his only season. where It's pretty crazy. Like his worst season, Aaron Judge's worst, worst season, and he still put up like a 915 OPS, I think. Uh, it was in the, it was so, in the low 900s. He's so elite. He's a top, he's Dude, a top and, three player in baseball. And then Stan sorry, was like the did. best hitter in baseball for two weeks too. In 2019, Stan? or no, this year, right this year. Oh no, I'm, I'm talking yeah, this year, okay. Yeah, no. So this year, th- this year Stan, Stan just had like his hot hot streak. Oh my god, dude! When he hit those two home runs and then Cleveland, you knew something clicked in him. Yeah, yeah. Because before other that, hit, every other playing... hit was like 115 off the bat. Yeah, no. Before that, he was playing so bad. Like, let's be honest here. Like he was playing like horrific, and like yeah, he was ass. Something, something just clicked, and this guy just went on a run, and it was just so perfect because the line straight up with playing the Astros, I loved it. I loved it. He was literally giving the Astros all they could handle, and some, and then some. Like it was unbelievable. Let's just hope his quad thing is dealing with now is like actually day to day, and Boone's not lying to us again. Because him yeah, going no, down um, at the same time is like the biggest thing ever. Hey, do you yeah, think it, you guys really think that Judge and Stan switching like made the difference or something? I feel like, like it's a it's a, it's a comfort thing because you um you know Alex Rodriguez said this in 2018 and it stuck with me for a while. One thing that like the Yankees do a lot of that they shouldn't be doing is that they switch around the lineup like every other day, right? And for a player, that's not that cool. Because, um, you know, let's say I think uh, all three of us have played baseball like at, at a travel level or uh, for high school, junior varsity or something. And uh, so so we know a little bit of how this works. Whereas like as a player, you know, you, you see you're, you're hitting two one day and you, you send, settle into this group. You hit second for a week and then suddenly you, you check out your lineup card the next game. And OK, now I'm hitting fifth. And now you have to take a little bit of time to get used to that. And that is something that Alex Rodriguez pointed out that has, uh, you know, he said this in the context of Glaber Torres. I remember this like it was he yesterday. Did, yeah, it was, where, in the, it was in the ALCS. It was in the ALCS. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it, it couldn't have been in the ALCS because it was a Sunday night baseball game. He might have mentioned it again. Obviously, he wouldn't make the ALCS in 2018. But, um, you know, that's what, that, that makes a lot of, um, that makes a lot of sense in he, terms of, he, he did say he did say it though, and I promise you, he said it in the nineteen ALCS as well. I guess he did say it in the okay. baseball game in eighteen. You're talking about, but he def I I assure you he said it in twenty nineteen ALCS because I remember we had like lost like games two and three, and like he was talking like he was kind of like blaming like I don't want to say blaming, but he was kind of like saying like Yo Boone, what are you doing? Like he's best basically if he was like getting out like Boone kind of screwed with towards his head like he was batting third hitting well and then he kind of just moves him and the idea towards his head is like bro like i thought i was hitting well like why'd you move me 
Like that's that's the type of mentality Glaber. Yeah, exactly. That definitely relates to this. Where like, if we're gonna have them at second and third, keep them at second and third. Don't like if we're in freaking like July or like August. I better not see them switch for the rest and then keep them the first season. Like maybe switch them once just because like maybe one's injured or something like that. But like, bro, don't switch them back now. Like if they're playing well and they're hitting there now well, like keep it. Like don't switch it. Don't yeah, and that segues that segues into what I was about to say because you have this comfortability in certain line of spots for certain players, right? Like let's say DJ's settled into he's uh, you know he's having a down year. I don't think it's it's incorrect to say that DJ has been pretty bad this season outside of a couple of games, but he's settled into the one hole, right? Giancarlo Stanton used to play uh, either third or fourth. Like obviously he didn't have that much playing time at all throughout his uh, career with the Yankees so far outside of 2018. But in Miami, in his MVP season, he was batting second, right? Aaron Judge apparently had been wanting to bat third, like, uh, his entire career. He used to ask Girardi to put in third. Girardi, of course, you know, batted in second regardless. But now that Boone's put them in these situations, you can see that, that like, that probably has, like, a pretty significant impact on their mental. And, like, it's showing because both of them are performing really well right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really how, happy right now. Like, look, you you got it, Rance. You can talk. I mean, with how the how the top order has been playing, like DJ, he yeah, he's kind of regressed, but he he's still getting base hits. Santa and Judge, they're playing great. Gio Urshela might be the team's most consistent hitter right now. I mean, with his home run last night, yeah, it it'd be he's, awesome. It'd be so great if the last Four batters in the order weren't complete ass. Yeah, it's it's on the like the it's, top four hitters, it's so frustrating. Like Judge and Stan, so Stan is kind of like dealing with oblique. I think oblique, right? Right now, yeah, um, uh, no quad, which quad, 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 quad right now, which sucks because I mean it sucks. Yes, um, but but I will say he was struggling. He not struggling, but he was slowing down a little bit. But now Judge is heating up, so like. Rance, I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier, like them at the same time. I don't think they've both gone off at the exact same time yet. Like it's either one or the other, always. Like we saw last postseason, it was Stanton. Uh, in 2019, it was Judge. Or he didn't really. He okay, I guess you could say he went off, but like it's not like yeah, and I got a Stan type of 2020 run. But like they're never like they haven't lined it up to where they're both doing it. Maybe they're allergic to it. I ho- I really hope not, but. They haven't gone off at the exact same time yet, and when they do, if that happens, and when they do, it's gonna be a scary sight for pitchers. Like it's literally gonna be very bad for pitchers because who the hell are you gonna pitch to? No one, absolutely no one. And yeah, like Grant said, the bottom of the other is kind of disappointing, and that gets into like our next thing. Um, one more thing about Judge, actually, real quick. Yeah, he's 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 starting to really heat up, like. He struggled a little bit. He had like an 0 for like 28 stretch or 0 for 21 stretch that MLB on Fox tweeted. Ever since then, this guy's hitting has like a over like 150 w, uh, uh, WRC plus or something like that. Like, listen, they shouldn't have tweeted that. Or I'm happy they did, but for the sake of everyone else, they shouldn't have tweeted that. But like, onto like people who are cold, the bottom of the order, pretty much Frazier. I, I, I think before, before we go over that, uh, you know, like we said about the fact that you have nobody to pitch to, that's one of the biggest strengths of this lineup as compared to let's say the other top teams, 
because uh, with someone like the Astros, I think um, if we're talking about them, they obviously have like a really good top of the order. They have Altuve, Bregman, Correa. But as you go down, it becomes a little bit more breathable, right? No one's afraid of Kyle Tucker, right? No one's really afraid of Jake fucking Marisnik, right? With the Yankees, like, they might not, let's say, you know, at any given point in time, someone like uh, Glaber Torres or, you know, even someone like Giancarlo Stan might not be super hot and they might not be having as good of a stretch as, let's say, the other uh, players on other teams' rosters. But that's the thing with them. Each of them, like, at any given point in time can just explode, right? At one point, like, in the 2019, um, in the 2019 playoffs, literally our eight hitter was Gio Urshela, right? Like, put that into perspective. Our eight hitter is some, was somebody who is currently hitting to the tune of, uh, let me just pull up his stats real quick. He's hitting fourth. He's hitting fourth consistently on this team. He's, yeah, he's he's hitting fourth now, right? But imagine like having the luxury of a lineup where your eight hitter was batting to a uh, 314, 355, 534 line with a 132 WRC plus and an OPS of uh, 889. That's your eight hitter, by the way. There is no dropping off point with this lineup and you literally have to be careful with every one of them because even you know even if someone like Giancarlo Stanton let's say is pretty famous for having um cold streaks or Gary Sanchez as well for that matter I think even more so is very famous for having um you know super cold streaks you cannot be um you know lazy with them as well because the minute you give them something to hit now you you just unlock the cage with beast right that's yeah. how. That's how weird that goes. That Gary comment like leads into like what we were. Uh, I was going to like, segue next before Manny put his final um touches on previous um segment. It's like people have been cold as of late. Sanchez being one of them, but although he's heating up as of late, he's having way better at bats. He's having at least one hit, in, you know, every like every game now starting to, and he got robbed of homer today, which sucks. But um, he did have a two run single. But like since he's heating up. You know, he was really struggling. He had the starting catcher role, and he earned it back in spring training, but he started the season off hot, and then kind of just lost it, and it's he got fear. gold. And Kyle yeah. Higashioka started starting over him. But Gary's gotten – they're splitting playing time right now, but Gary is getting more consistent at-bats. And, oh, what a shocker. More consistent at-bats for Gary equals more results. I mean, who's, who's surprised? Not me. Um, I still believe in you, Gary Sanchez – I mean, you were cold, but you aren't the coldest guy on the team because we all know who that is. Clint Frazier. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about Clint, bro. Like, I, I've been a Clint fan for a while now. I would believe him. I always thought he should get his, his shot. And he played really well last year. He even started a couple of posting games for us. And he got named as a starting left fielder going into this year. And he finally gets a chance. Rance literally said in our group chat, finally gets a chance, and he's playing like this. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, now's not the time for him to fall off a cliff. And the thing is, you can't just sub him out for Guardi because Guardi isn't good at all either, right? It's like your starter is terrible and your backup is terrible minus one. Like, yeah, it's bad. And we traded Talkman, which he's not playing the best in San Francisco, but it would have been nice to have the depth because now Hicks is on the IL, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, like, geez. Uh, Yeah, Rant's thoughts on... Frazier and Guardian, Sanchez and Hicks. 
Um, Fraser's really pissing me off, man. Like, like you said, like you brought up what I said in the, our group chat earlier a couple of days ago. I mean, he he finally gets his chance. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's been like. I'm trying to think of the right right word. I I guess he's, he's kind of been comp- complaining about it, like how the Yankees have treated him, and yes. I would say it was unfair how the Yankees have treated have treated him and like sending him, keeping him down in the minor leagues and not trading him or whatever if they weren't going to play him. But they finally give you your, your shot and you just take fastball like fastball after fastball down the middle and strike out looking. And then his Honestly. his base running his base running is god awful. I'm so glad Aaron Boone got so pissed off at him. But in the last series in Baltimore. And then we, and then when he's hitting home runs, like that one hit in Yankee Stadium, he's being distracted from the game and trying to talk to Spike Lee in the stands. It's still a close game. I don't. I don't Bro. know. Frazier's really been pissing me off. He's on my fucking nerves. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, like, I'm, left I'm left field's just a black hole right now. Bro, left field, bro. And don't even mention the defense, because like, listen, he hasn't been horrible defensively, but there have been. Like, he hasn't been like he has in past years. He's been a little bit better than he was in past years where he was god-off at defense. But, like, this year, like, he's been okay. But he's had his moments where he's got reverted back to, like, being trash in the outfield. Like, he's had his moments where he's, like, throwing the ball over the cut for absolutely no reason because he thinks he has to, like, literally flame that ball in. Or he just can't track a fly ball. Or can't come in on a fly ball. Like, I need some – I listen, Venus – People might not see defense as the most important, as the most important thing, but bro, that's gonna lead to runs, and I can't. Like, listen, you're already not hitting, so please don't unravel again in the outfield, because then you're giving the reason the Yankees free to treat you like they did before. Like, to be honest, and that would not be a good. Situation. I know he doesn't want that. I know he doesn't want that. So, listen, get it together, bro. Please, I mean, yeah. what rational person would like? Why? Why would anyone want to put themselves in a spot where like you're literally handing uh, people opportunities to criticize you? You know, I, I think like that's something that a lot of us are told. Like, um, you know, some some of my teachers and coaches to say this as well. But, like, you want to put yourself in the spot where there is no room for anyone to criticize you. Colin Frazier is, uh, frankly, he's not doing that so far, and um, evidently so because like. There's a lot of things that you can call him out for right now. He's had a total lack of power at the plate. His discipline um, has not... His discipline's actually been fine. But he's taking pitches right down the middle. So I guess um, his... Rec- uh, yeah, his, his pitch rec- uh, recognition has not been good. Right? That's so sad. Um, wait, real quick. On that, he, that's so sad. Because last year, he was like one of those only guys who wasn't doing that. Meanwhile, the whole rest of the team was really taking fastballs right down the middle. And he, like was one, like I said, one of the only ones who wasn't doing that. And now it's like he got that virus, and now he's the one doing it, and other people aren't doing it as much. I don't know. Yeah, no, so it's, that's just something that needs to be fixed, right? Um, and I, I want to also make, a, like, a real quick note about uh, Talkman being gone. Uh, Talkman being gone is, like, a big absence because, like, now we need someone and we're stuck with, um, you know, picks of replacement that we'll get to in a bit. But, um... Talkman has, he, he had like, he, he's doing okay in San Francisco, but the reason I'm not in the slightest worried about, um, you know, having given that up is the fact that um, Wandy Peralta has actually been really good 
since he got here, it's not something a lot of people have talked about. And it, it makes sense, you know, because Brian Cashman, um, he might like he's he's a he's more on the possessive side as general managers go. And you know that if he trades Mike Talkman, then he's expecting something like really damn good to come out of uh, the return, right? And, and, and it shows because they've used Wani Peralta in like high leverage situations this year, starting with, uh, let's say, um, you know, the, the, the Astros series. I think game one, he was uh, pitching in when the game was still tied, right? And that, that's like, they're, they're ready to put him in high leverage and he's delivered so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm happy with the talk with trade. However, now it does put us in a situation where, you know, if Clint isn't hitting, we go to Guardy. If Guardy isn't hitting, we have nobody to go to. And we might need to trade for um, an outfielder, which I think is being widely discussed among, uh, you know, Yankees fans right now, but whether we want Scherzer or Gallo, Marte, et cetera, which we're going to come through in a, uh, in a future episode, perhaps. But yeah, I think that wraps up our um, discussion of, I think, all cold players except one, and that is Aaron Hicks. Who has just um, gone on the real, IL? Real quick, real quick. Where's Cameron Maben at right now, bro? I'm just asking Cameron, because isn't he a, a cub? Bro, you was he a really cub last year? He, yeah, he, he was a cub the Tigers and got traded to the Cubs. Yeah, bro. I'm a, I'm gonna keep it bro, a stack. You can't, be, you can't be you can't be bringing up Cameron Maben right in front of the number one Cameron Maben fan, bro. I'm gonna keep it a stack, bro. Dude, he was my favorite. I don't know why. I don't know why he was my favorite player on the 2019 team. I have no fucking clue why. I just liked him. He was. He was that guy. He was so fun. Listen, he might not. I'm not sure what his numbers are right now. He could be playing like trash right now. I'm not sure, but even if he is, bring him back. Cause like, if we go to another cold stretch, I feel like he would be so. He was so good for the clubhouse in 2019. And if we went into another cold stretch at some point, he would be great. Like he would literally do so much. Like. He was solid for us, like just Odor. Odor's injured right now. Odor's injured right now, but like, um, you know, as someone, yeah, Odor's gonna be coming back soon. And I think, like, on average, like, I place more emphasis on uh, clubhouse, you know, relations than I guess the average fan. And maybe that's just because, like, you know, I'm I'm really into let's say uh, human psychology and stuff, but. That's something that I think Odor has played that role, and you just saw it because I remember this um, R2C2 episode. I, you know, all of our listeners will be familiar with R2C2, of course. That is Ryan Ruco and uh, CC Sabathia's Yankees podcast. Well, it's more of a sports podcast by now, but they had Cameron on for uh, one of their episodes, I think about two weeks, maybe three after he got traded to the Yankees. And he was just gushing about, like, you know, th- that this was the best clubhouse he had played in and the fact that it was just, like, really uplifting for him. And it showed, like, um, you know, obviously he wasn't in his prime by then, but 2019 was the best non-prime uh, season for Cameron Maven uh, because, like, that elevated him. And, you know, he, he played a little bit in the playoffs as well, uh, obviously when uh, Stanton couldn't be on the field. And he he performed like he held up his end of the bargain for a four fifth outfielder during that time. So I wouldn't be mad at Cameron Maben um, as well. Like he 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 obviously wouldn't be an impact acquisition. Like you know, it's it's not the kind of guy that you empty the farm for. It's not the kind of guy that you say, okay, you know, we've got this guy. Now we are you know ten times better. It's it's he's not that caliber player, but he he could he could make a difference. Yeah, and like Manny said, we're talking about now how Hicks is hurt. And that's 
he was struggling a little bit, but he he was starting to like find it. He's he's been way better better batting right handed this year, but he has a torn sheath in his wrist, and apparently uh, uh, a sheath tendon, yeah. She penned in his wrist. That's what he tore his wrist. And, like, apparently, Teixeira had it twice, once in 09 at the beginning of the year. And he, like, he's got a cortisone shot and he was fine. He ended up placing second in MVP voting that year. And then. He's a, he's a free agent. He, he added in who? Cameron Maven. Now he is? Really? Oh, Maven's. No way. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah, right. okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Wait, hold on. Um, And then. I think Tixera had it again in 13, and then he took a long time. Like, he, it was a lost season for him. So, listen, we were hoping it would be on the lower end for Hicks, but it looks like he's going on the IL, and we brought up Ryan Lamar. Um, not going to lie to you guys, I'm pretty sure I've seen him play a little bit in spring training, but I don't remember at all what he did. I've seen the name before, of course, but, um, yeah, I mean, him, we had Socrates Brito, we had Greg Allen. Um, Greg Allen's hurt, though. Greg Allen's hurt. Greg Allen's hurt. Okay. Greg Allen's hurt. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I saw, I saw someone on Twitter say maybe this is just until um, chat, uh, Cashman acquires and uh, you know more impact outfielder, but I don't know how quick that would come to fruition. Uh, all, I think it really all depends on how long Casey's is going to be out for. But Ryan Lamar is getting called up with Hicks being out. Yeah. Um. This is some, you know, there's, it, it seems to go like either one or two ways when the Yankees call up like a no-name player for injury. Either he's a complete diamond in the rough. Either his, he's like a Gio Urshela caliber player who's like absolute garbage, like until he gets his Yankees opportunity and then he's just like a god, right? Or either that, Shane Robinson. or he's Shane Robinson. You know, Mike, you caught my interest <laughs> there, exactly. I just really hope he's not Shane Robinson, man, like... I, you know, literally my first reaction, um, for, for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, I live in a different time zone. Um, but literally the first thing, like, I, I didn't see that news when it came out. So, um, you know, I woke up and I saw, um, I think one of, uh, one of you guys sent it on our group chat and literally my only reaction was who the fuck is this guy? You know, like, so Bro, Shane, I, I just Shane hope Robinson. it's, it's case one instead of case two. Bro, Shane Robinson, what he's most known for is almost getting hit in the head against the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball, staring down the pitcher, and then drawing a bases loaded wall. That's what he's most known for as a, as a Yankee. Like, that's what I remember most from his tenure as a Yankee. I remember this guy literally almost got hit. It was, I think this was the same year we fought Boston, uh, Joe Kelly, and um, Tyler Austin. But this was this ended up happening later in the year where Shane was like had bases loaded. He was at the plate with the bases loaded, and they threw it like they threw at his head, and like he's like. He like, he gets up after like ducking, and then he like stares down the pitcher, and the rest of, and they go to the rest of the team in the dugout, like the camera, and they're just like on the top step, like screaming and like staring down the pitcher, like getting ready to fight, and then Shane Robinson ends up working a walk in a great at bat, and he he drives in a run with a walk. That was literally the most like memorable thing he did as a Yankee. Like, my I mean, yeah, Robinson, no, that's what I, 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 I wouldn't. I, Nick, I think I think your definition of memorable looks at like positive events. I, I, for oh, yeah. me, the most memorable, the most memorable part of his Yankees tenure was being absolute garbage for months at a time. That that's what that that's what I remember. You know, I mean, and I think that's yeah, that's yeah, what memory. that's yeah, what inspired them. Yeah, no, I, I I was just messing with you, but like you know, that's what <laughs> um 
for for me that, that that's what that's what inspired I think the Yankees for like to build that whole next man up philosophy for 2019, and it's why we saw so many like uh, coming out of nowhere stars. Uh, you know, in, in forms, you know, you had Urshela, Talkman that year. Uh, Voigt was a diamond in the rough as well. He wasn't going anywhere with the Cardinals, and now he's a home run king. But, you know, that's what, like, once the Yankees realize that this sort of shit can happen at any time, where you need to call up um, a Shane Robinson, you know, the Yankees had no plans on, uh, obviously, giving him major league playing time. But then the whole outfield got And then they had no choice. Bro. So... You know, that's what I, th- I think I have a little bit more trust um, in their in their depth building now because 2019 showed that they had like a thought process where it's like, all right, we didn't make sure that anyone who's like at least in triple A, if not in double A or below, is at a point where if they are called up to the majors, they will not be an immediate liability. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping Brian Lamar works out. And, you know, the added bonus of that being that if he does, that means we get one more person that you know we can dangle on the trade line, um, or count on, and or count on if, if we need be more injuries. Out. Or yes, no. So so that that that's the thing, right? Like if, if Lamar works out, or like even if Lamar doesn't work out, and like they have to call up another outfielder to do what Lamar was doing, and that guy works out, that really helps because you know now you get let's say if 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 you're just talking about uh, if you leave the corner outfielders alone, you talk about just Hicks and uh, his direct replacement, right? Now that leaves one guy where, you know, a lot of Yankee fans want to trade Hicks. I personally don't think that's the right move um, because chances are we'll have to eat his contract. And we know that when he's actually uh, on his um, his hit, he's a good player, right? He's he's obviously had a a down year of down years in 2021. But regardless, um, when you have two... When you have two starting center fielders, uh, not two starting, when you have two center fielders that are capable of starting, that puts you in a in a good problem where you don't know which one to get playing time because now you have one guy that can definitely um, go up for you and you have another guy that you can use like as a backup. You can uh, get him to be trade bait, X, Y amount of, um, you know, use it. Real quick, one thing I want to say about Lamar, um, me and Rance talked about this before we started recording. Rance, who, who are the two, who are the two players we were like kind of talking about? We wanted to see, like possibly see. Or well, we talked about one, but like Florio. There's a second one, Florio, Florio, and the other guy. I was oh, about, Trevor. And everyone's talking about Dietrich. Dietrich, no, not Dietrich. Dietrich's gonna be Bruce over all over again. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Nah. Damn, that's wild. I don't think so. I think he'd be a little bit better than Bruce at least. Man, just fucking call it Dominguez. <laughs> Bro. I'm not sure we can... I'm not sure we can jump to that conclusion with... If he isn't the I'm not sure we can jump to that conclusion with Dietrich. Maybe maybe uh, we should call up... Wait, maybe we should call up Paul O'Neill. We'd be calling him down, technically. Technically, we'd be calling him down for the broadcast booth. Rant, wait, wait, Rant, what are your thoughts on Paul, Brandon Paul? Dude, I think Paul is like hilarious. I think he's a great booth announcer, but he is one weird looking motherfucker. Like he's also pretty scary looking. I don't know why, but I've always <laughs> had this opinion of him. Like, there's this one picture of him that shows up on Google. He looks like a serial killer, man. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> that's well, yeah. I mean, like, you I know, who fun. knows? Maybe that. Maybe fun. that's why. Maybe that's why he's like he was so good at some point, like as a hitter. Because like, imagine being a pitcher where you have to stare at this guy's face. 
like for for a nine pitch at bat. I oh, do. I see why, dude. I see why those fucking coolers were so scared of a man that damn face. Like <laughs> Which picture is it? <laughs> dude. Which picture is it? Okay, wait. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. You're looking on your phone. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like uh-huh. the first, dude. It's literally the first one that pops up. Is is he in a suit? Oh, well, not in a suit, but like he's in a blue in a blue uh, button down. No, he's. <laughs> Can we go to the? All right, I, I think I think I know the one Mike's talking about. But just, just to clarify for our audience, we have nothing against Paul O'Neill. I love the guy. We love. He's one, we love like, Paul. He's, hilarious, but he's, he's like, my he's dad's favorite player. Go to so. the video. Go to the video. Which video? Like um, oh. in my Discord. <laughs> Look at him, dude. He is scary as hell. No. Holy. Oh. Damn oh, me. Lord. All I right. Think, I think I think I think he's also an announcer though. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're funny. You're Studio Twenty One. Oh. Um, yeah. Right. He, he's awesome. He's just like really creepy to me. <laughs> really scary looking motherfucker. <laughs> right. So just wrap <laughs> anyway. up on the Hicks situation. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I really hope that, like, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, the, the seat tendon, like the injury itself, it's something that either takes five minutes or five years, you know, uh, proverbially speaking. And it looks, since Hicks is going on the IL, it looks like it's going to be a while. So for the foreseeable future, um, uh, I think we're, we're going to have, what, Frazier, Gardy, and um, Judge, like, starting with Lamar on the bench. And let's just hope that that works Wait. out, because otherwise we're going to be stuck with another Shane Robinson. Two, th- two things I want to say. One, um, I just want to make things clear. One, when I was talking about Flor, when about how um me and Mike talked about Floreal and um Dietrich, um, we do not, we're not saying they should be called up instead. We were just talking about like, oh, what were the chances they would have done that? We realized that Floreal just got called up to Triple A from Double A. Um, he's not ready. Service time. We realized that Dietrich. We don't deal with Dietrich, but we realize why they picked Lamar. We're not saying we should have. We're just wondering about their status and stuff like that. And question two is, guys, over under one game on how quick it takes for Lamar to actually start <laughs> in this Yankees lineup? Because we know the Yankees love throwing new guys in there as soon as they get there. Like, I oh, think, he'll, I, I he'll, think he'll, he'll, he'll be the starter, Mark. Yeah, for real. Nick, 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 yeah, Nick. for like, you, you get him one or two games, I guess. Yeah, how do you not really, dude? Tomorrow's a tank day for a uh, punt game for the Yankees, man. They already won the series, oh. dude. Yeah, for honestly, yeah, for real. They're, he's literally gonna start. He's literally gonna be hitting lead off, playing center. Like that's no, he's clean gonna happen tomorrow, <laughs> bro. Man, he's he's gonna be hitting in that stand spot. He's gonna be hitting second. They're gonna fuck up the lineup again. <laughs> All right. So next. Last thing, we're just going to go over the general state of the team, yeah. So, um, I think, you know, like, at this point, and this point in May, uh, it's not something where you start, like, freaking out about trades yet, but I think everyone has started at least thinking about what they are. Um, you know, I'm personally, like, offense would be nice, but it's a luxury. I feel like the, the number one thing we have to get is a starting pitcher. And I know that Kluber has been solid as a number two, although they're, they're technically putting Tyone in that two spot right now. Uh, Tyone's been getting unlucky uh, with some of his, um, you know, with some of his pitches. Uh, he had a pretty bad outing uh, his last time up, but that was a result of that. I think that was his only really indefensible outing. 
Cooper's uh, a good number two. Tyone's a decent number three. But someone like Scherzer, you get him not only because you need that sort of dog on your team, but because you getting him means no one else does, right? Like, in, in a vacuum, you take a look at, let's say, 2017. If the Yankees get Justin Verlander, that obviously means the Astros do not have Justin Verlander. So, in theory, even if Justin Verlander isn't that good, you don't have to hit him in the playoffs, which is yeah. probably as big of an upgrade as getting that pitcher on your own squad yourself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's honestly been the problem. Like, we're always – someone tweeted, I forget who, but you look at the acquisitions over the last couple of years, Verlander – Cole, um, who was the last one? Uh, I think it was just them two, really. I mean, I think there was one more, but you don't, you always, we always ended up facing them when we didn't acquire them, and it always is the big reason why we didn't get it done in the end. Um, those guys, and you know, I don't want this to be a reason. You, you mentioned Scherzer, I'm right, Manny. Like Scherzer, listen, chances we get him very low. It would have to take the Nationals being very bad, and which they're probably on the way to being very bad, but like. Scherzer's been in DC for a while. He might not to be fair, to though, to be fair, though, we said yeah, that sure. we said that in 2019 that they would end up very bad. Look how that panned out. So you know, there, there's a chance that he doesn't get traded at all. But if he does, if he does get traded and it's not to the Yankees, and especially if it's to an American League contender, I'm gonna be heated. Dude, I don't, I don't think you guys get this. If the Nationals straight up called Cashman and say, "Hey, we're planning on trading Scherzer," just give us. Some just give us some a couple of good really good prospects and you'll have them. Cashman say no luxury tax and hang up the phone. No, that's no, how no, they no. that's how they operate. Okay, Are you no no? Right. What makes you think they've you're, changed? You're right. What you're makes right. you think they changed? Right. You're right, dude. You're right. You're right. You're right. But like, okay, all right, fine. You're right. So this is a message to the New York Yankees front office. If you want to win a damn World Series this year, you have to forget about the damn luxury tax. We said this all off season and listen, we stayed under it. We still made the good moves. Manny's right. Rotation hasn't been that bad. Kluber, Tyone, Herman, Montgomery, they've all been pretty solid. We don't have to really worry about pitching as much as we have had to in recent years. But listen, I said this to Rance before we um, started the recording. I want to go for the throw. Listen, get us the pitcher to get us make us unstoppable. Sevy's going to come back and hopefully he's at that point. If we can have a Cole, Scherzer, Severino, and you pick whatever one of the other four you want to be that fourth person in the postseason, we should literally fly through American League and, you know, whatever, face off with whatever we have to face off with in the Nash, from National League in the World Series. But in terms of the American League, I, like Manny said, I don't want a situation where we don't acquire this dude just because of the damn luxury tax. He goes to the freaking Astros, and we lose to them in the ALCS again. That better not happen. I don't care about the luxury tax. You're the New York damn Yankees. You can handle it. You can more than handle yourself, all right? Listen, it won't matter if you win the World Series anyway. You'll get money back from winning the World Series, and it'll not take care of it. Literally, yeah, and you know, one— tax. Exactly, and we, and we one be, thing about that is it's it's not this. like yeah no Nick I hundred percent agree and and one thing that like a lot of people don't realize is that like the luxury tax isn't a hard salary cap even though some teams some teams treat it as such that's one and the second thing is you have different thresholds right so no one's saying that the Yankees need to like completely destroy every threshold and like go into a payroll of like what three hundred fifty million dollars right. But you're at like just under 210 right now. The second threshold is $230. So maybe you don't want to cross $230, right? Which I guess fine. But at least uh, and and Scherzer's contract doesn't put you over uh, $230 either, if I'm if I remember correctly. But at least you know, man, like you can you can tank one 
you can tank once salary cap, um, a luxury tax threshold, man. Like it's 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 on priorities. He's a game he's a game changer, bro. We have for years not made the big move as a deadline, and it's come to screw us over in the end. Let's do it for once. Have the big balls to do yeah, it. Yeah, like literally. Win think this think about game. it. 2017, um, Verlander. He's a rental. He's a rental. Yeah, he won't, you the full, he won't cost you the full salary anyway. You're only paying him for the second half of the season. And that, that and, and you don't have to resign him if you don't want to. Like, if he's not good, exactly. if he, if, 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 like, if, if age is a concern or if he, like, peters out down the stretch, right? Or if he's not that great in the playoffs, don't pay him. But, like, you get him yeah. for one year, right? Like for half a year. I, I'm sure. Year. I, I'm sure you guys. I'm sure you guys love Esteban Florial, but like, you can love him when he's wearing like red and white for the Nationals. All right. Like, if it yeah. gets you a he, ring, yeah. like, like, sure like, sure. let's think about it this way, right? The Cubs had Glaber Torres, right? Obviously, the Cubs uh, front office they aren't stupid. They had Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein knew what he had in Glaber Torres and the other prospects he gave up. I think Montgomery was one of them, among others, right? But he pulled the trigger anyway because he knew they needed Chapman. Um, guess what? Chapman won them a World Series, and we re-signed him anyway. So, you know, from a vacuum, I'd be thinking, oh, well, the Cubs got fleeced. They essentially gave up Glaber Torres for nothing. I don't see a single wow, one of them complaining. The yeah, I, I don't see the anyone of them complaining. Out of 100 times. You take the World Series 100 out of 100 times. Florial can turn out to be a top five player in this league. I don't give a damn. If we win a World Series this year because we traded for Max Scherzer and gave up Esteban Florial in the in the package so be it so be it we won a world series yeah That's you know he's gonna be a don't hero in my book like and, he, he was a sacrifice of the baseball hug. gods don't prospect hug this time either now it's not the time yeah 100%. anyone and any anyone anyone but jason dominguez anyone but jason dominguez yeah like the, for, if, for if there's for max scherzer if if there's if if untouchable is ever a thing that applies only to jason dominguez right and yeah, I think uh, Mike, you got anything to say here, or else uh, we're done. I want Sara Marte. We're good. Yeah. So, but Mike, Mike here is the biggest Starling Marte stand you'll see um, within a hundred mile radius of wherever you are. And uh, we'll let him go over that in the next episode. We're going to start looking more well, seriously real into quick, trades. As the I want to say players. one more thing. The offense. Listen to the offense. Listen. Good. Good. Keep it up. I scored eight runs today. Um, just don't do that thing where you just like score two runs, like two days in a row, and then you go on and score eight again. Like, listen, me, please, please be more consistent. Like, you've been way better at being consistent since compared in comparison to the beginning of the season because the beginning of the season was horrendous. But now we're scoring runs in bunches. But you still, you still every now and then having those lacking games where you're not scoring. Like, listen, I understand major baseball players is not the easiest thing to do, but please, just just a favor to ask. Like, please just be more a little, just add those extra two games of consistency. And we should be good. We should be good. Um, trade for Max Scherzer's deadline. Don't prospect hug. Don't worry about the luxury tax. And um, pitching's been great. Bullpen's been great. Chapman for reliever of the year. Garrett Cole for Cy Young. Cole's, uh, I mean, well, Chapman for reliever of the year. Cole for Cy Young. And um, Judge is coming for the MVP. Right. That about sums it up. So with that, we'll put a wrap on this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we apologize once again for our absence over the last uh couple weeks or so and we're going to be back here next week on a more regular basis so we hope to see you with us soon thank you guys for go listening yanks. we'll see you on the next one go yanks go yanks search the process fly, go fly. Go yanks. Right, see y'all